Welcome to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. If you're new to the show, welcome. We're glad you're here. The Lord has had us on an incredible journey with our filmmaking ministry, and we're just getting started. In 2017, we formed a nonprofit filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. We went from short films to feature-length documentary films, and now author and speakers. And we're here to share it all on the show. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, co-host, Amber Archer. And I'm your other co-host, <laughs> Mark Archer, the other Archer. <laughs> on today's show, we're discussing Chapter 8, Dr. Cly, an unlikely hero, from the companion book to our documentary film, Inwood Drive. Dr. Cly is a key figure in the film and played a major role in our city becoming known as the second largest abortion desert in the United States. But before we dive into the bookmark... Mm-hmm. Bookmark. Bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> I have something else. It's been really interesting. Something caught my attention the other day, and mm-hmm. there was a, a news article. And the headline reads... MSNBC producer quits. This cancel this cancel culture stokes national division. Facts too cumbersome for audience. Oh my word. Oh my word. Don't even get me going. Can we just pause there? And I thought, oh, we have been dealing with this for two years, mm-hmm. trying to 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 share the true story mm-hmm. about uh, the abortion industry exactly. from boots on the ground perspective. And people, oh, the truth. Well, that's just too much for people to to handle. Yeah. Inwood Drive has been a nonstop journey of running into these, running into these barriers. Mm -hmm. And the the people that you don't expect to encounter opposition. Well, let's, let's give some examples just in the last two years of what we've been up against. So the, the, I think the, the best example is just lately as we've as we've gotten the film finished and have been putting the film out into market and so dealing with companies that are known as distributors mm-hmm. and trying so the the first the first glaring one came when we right after we had the film done and we sent it out to some media outlets mm-hmm. to ask them if they would give it a review Right. Right. We weren't, all we did was said, you know, hey, here's this film. Here's what it's about. Mm-hmm. We think you'd be interested. And I mean, obviously, it's a very hot topic right, right now, especially with the presidential election mm-hmm. happening this year. I mean, there is clear cut. One side is pro life, the other side is pro choice, pro death, pro death. <laughs> right. So, um, and I, I think it's it's been like doing this film has been a nonstop journey of confirming things that we always suspected, but didn't we didn't want to make assumptions. Right. And so, you know, one of the first rejections that we got was from one of the religious networks. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to name names, but uh, one that would shock you and. We sent it to them, and we, we weren't asking for them to put it on any of their channels. We were, always did was, we think you'd be interested in this. Would you give it a review? Right. And the response was quite interesting. They came back and- Multiple responses. Multiple responses. They came back, and the, the first response, they asked a bunch of questions. 
Which is fine. Which is fine. And I was happy to answer their questions. I, I sent them a lot of supporting documentation. Oh, back. my goodness. Thought, we sent so much stuff. Yeah. Like a bunch of my research notes and, you know, source documents and that. I was surprised that they had supposedly watched the film all the way through and they still had these questions uh-huh. about things, which leads us to who we're talking about in the book today mm-hmm. about Dr. Jeff Cly. Yep. Um, and I, we went back and explained it and then they came back again and basically said, um, while we like your film, we're not criticizing your film. Right. It's never about the film. It's never about the film. It's the subject matter. Right. It's never about the film or the filmmaking. It's the subject matter. And it came down to basically, this is too much truth. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't give people this much truth and expect them to be able to understand it. So basically, they said, we need you to dumb this down. Right. Well, and this is what the article, the MSNBC article that I'm right here quoting from there. Context and factual data are often considered too cumbersome for the audience. There may be some truth that our um, education system really should improve the critical thinking skills of Americans. But another hard truth is that it is the job of journalists to teach and inform, which means they might need to figure out a better way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a real there's a real disconnect in uh, and i have i have a story from back in before we met and i was doing i i've done a lot of projects that i'm not proud of in the past and one of them was i did a late night comedy mm-hmm. show yep and um and it was it would was seemingly you know great fun to do because you're every week you're shooting the show and you're with these comics and you know i got to work with some really interesting people mm-hmm. um tommy chong yeah. you know cheech and chong yeah. afro man that was an interesting <laughs> one right yeah. and uh but you you know you meet other people that are you know musicians things like that. It, it was like a, a tonight show kind of a yeah. thing and i was producing it uh-huh. and i had a conversation one night with uh with my business partner in it, and we started talking about how how we treat the audience, mm-hmm. and I, it was then that I realized that there is there are two distinct trains of thought in mm-hmm. this. And his train of thought was he he basically said people are stupid; mm-hmm. they'll believe anything, anything we put out there. They're stupid, and they'll buy it. And so stop thinking so much about what because I was starting to have kind of a a, a crisis of conscience yeah. in this. Because I looked at what we were doing and I, I remember telling him, I said, we're not, you know, it's not like we're changing the world. We're just, we're just throwing out garbage as yeah. a, and, and to get laughs mm-hmm. and ratings. That's yeah. it. And I have to say, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but when I was doing that show, the ratings were going up and up and up because I understood very well how to do that. Yeah. Like if uh, the, one of the highest rated shows we had, I put bikini models on. So girls walking around in bikini, like fashion models in bikinis, walking around in the bar all night. Huge ratings for that one. Of course. Because it's garbage. Yeah. Right. And I and I remember seeing that and everybody's going, wow, it was a great show. And I'm going, it was, it was garbage. Yeah. It was absolute nonsensical garbage. And that was when I really started to get very turned off by it. But, yeah. uh, but, but people do 
just believe a lot of things without doing any research do. or fact checking or oh and boy we have fact checkers today oh yeah oh boy yeah but who's fact checking the fact checkers <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but you know and again back to inwood we ran yes. into the same thing again with another distributor who they saw the the they saw the 60 second teaser for the film mm -hmm. and that afternoon sent us an offer right we're in. We want. We're all in. We want to do this film. Blah blah. And then the next day, we had a conversation. Say, and we had a conversation with them and told them all of the things that we had run into mm -hmm. with the film. And what what was their response? And he said, "Well, okay. So just to make sure, I'm gonna you know run this by everybody else. You know, basically his the the company owners. Yeah. And the weekend came and went, and then they came back, and it was. That we, we got nothing back at first and it, we got an <laughs> ominous email that said, well, we're on the fence. Hit the brakes. And then by the end of the week, it was, we're going to have to pass. Put it in park, get Put out of the car. <laughs> and I asked him specifically, is it the film or is it the subject matter? Because at that point you figure they're going to be pretty honest with you because yeah. the deal's off anyway. Yeah. Who cares? And And he was nice about it. And I said, is it the film or the subject matter? And he and he wrote me right back and he said, nobody has a problem with the film. It's the subject matter right. that they can't handle. Mm -hmm. Too much truth. Too much truth. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that this, this this article with this, is she from MSNBC? Yeah, it's MSNBC. She's in New York. Yeah. That she, that she basically said what, you know, what, so... And, I always liken it to a sausage factory, right? Like if you're in the business, yeah. you understand how this stuff happens. Oh yeah. This doesn't surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. it, what all, what surprises me is that there aren't more people like Leading her positions like that, that, I that know. just say I'm done because, because you're purposely suppressing truth. Mm -hmm. You see that on social media. You see all the tech giants are doing it now. You know, whether or not somebody says something that's, offensive does that mean that they should be deleted don't they have a right to speak their opinion mm -hmm. maybe there's some element of truth in what they're saying <laughs> it's that it's diversity of thought but I, i've always and we talk about this all the time as is we have lost the ability to think critically mm -hmm. oh yeah you know and thinking critically is all about asking questions stripping stripping an issue down by asking question after question of question until you get to the root of it mm -hmm. and separating it from well but i feel no i don't i remember I, I had a i had a college professor that apparently i really liked his class because i had to take it twice <laughs> statistics <laughs> and i didn't politically and socially i i did not agree with this guy at all at all raging socialist mm -hmm. and he liked to interject his social and political and economic opinions into things but he well and, and and let's just pause for a moment so when you went back to college mm -hmm. you were how old so you I, had a different so, different perspective because you had already lived life right i was in my late 30s and then to go back and get your degree right. in Engineering, engineering, <laughs> which you still don't use. I have a I have a degree in mechanical engineering, and I don't use it. 
Yeah. And here but anyway, I am making movies. Go, go back to uh, your, your statistics class. So anyway, he would always say, don't give me your opinion, give me data. Right. And that was the thing that I remember about him. And I can't remember his name, but it, that was the thing that stuck with me. He'd say, he'd say, I don't want to hear your opinion. I want data. Yeah. Data, data, data. Because that's what mathematics is. It's give me numbers. Anyway, I, yeah, it's, it's not surprising to me at all that producers like that are walking away. It's, yeah. it's only surprising to me that more of them aren't. Yeah. So. All right. So let's, let's dive into chapter eight. Let's Dr. Talk about Cly, Jeff. an unlikely hero. Yes. And the book is, oh, it's so close to, we're almost, we almost have hard copies. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> like it's getting ready to get published mm-hmm. and it's coming soon. Yeah, Everything, this, you guys, this has been such a journey. Yeah. So we thank you. Thank you for joining us on this journey. It's really yeah. incredible. And we're excited to continue to give people hope, mm-hmm. share the Lord. And, and change lives and, and communities. I mean, changed communities. Yeah. When you think about our community being known as the second largest abortion desert in the United States, I mean, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So chapter eight is uh, introducing Dr. Jeffrey Cly. And if you have seen the film, then you know who he is. If you haven't seen the film Inwood Drive, Jeff Cly is that we call him the unlikely hero because he really was the key... I don't want to say the key figure, but one of the key figures in bringing down George Klopfer. There, the Lord had placed all of these people in the right positions, and there, it was missing the catalyst. Well, and it. you know, like in Scripture, it talks about we're all one body in many mm-hmm. parts. You know, an eye can't be an, an ear, or hand can't mm-hmm. be an eye, or yeah. Whatever that scripture is, now I'll have to go find it. Yeah. And so that was Jeff. I mean, he was kind of the missing piece of it. And so I, I pulled some audio of Jeff. I'm just going to let him kind of give his own introduction sure. here. So here's Dr. Jeffrey Cly. My name is uh, Jeffrey Cly. I'm a board certified OBGYN. I've been practicing for about 22 years, including residency. So I was, um, I was practicing here in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the time in I didn't realize at the time that abortions were done in Fort Wayne. I, I knew they were done in Indianapolis. Um, and and where I trained in Ohio, there was a separate place where abortions were done. So they weren't done in the hospital. They they weren't a part of our training. They, it was something that we just knew was done. It was legal. It was done over here. It didn't matter whether or not we agreed with it because it was legal and it was done over here. But we also didn't see complications from abortions because the doctors who did the abortions took care of their complications. Like if I take if I have a surgery on a patient and a complication occurs, I'm expected to take care of that complication. Um, that just makes sense to me. And so when a, a patient showed up in the emergency room and it was one of our patients who was with our group, and she had had an abortion. And I asked her where she had abortion done. And she said it was done here in town. And, and I was like, oh, well, why? You know, I didn't know why the abortion doctor wouldn't be taking care of her. And why were we getting called in to take care of her when he did the surgery or the procedure? It was then, then I found out that he had only come in town twice a week and would do abortions and leave. And that there was no follow-up care. So there was nowhere for them to go or call afterwards. They were told just to go to the emergency room. So that was against the normal standard policy, first off. And here's someone else who's kind of coming into Fort Wayne 
doing procedures on people and then leaving and not taking care of them when something goes wrong. That right there also was something that was very frustrating and, and I didn't think that was right. And so these, these patients um, were, had this one patient that had an abortion, young girl, um, was in a situation where she didn't want to be pregnant, didn't want to have an abortion, but in the end she made the decision to do that, was trusting in her doctor to take care of her. Um, she shows up in the emergency room uh, sometime after the abortion, and it was, I believe, several days later, and she had a bad infection. She was bleeding. She was hemorrhaging. And there were pieces of the baby and the placenta left inside. So the abortion wasn't even done completely. And so in this case, we, we stepped in, and, and I stepped in and took care of her and had to do a DNC, which is where we try to remove the placenta and remove the pieces of tissue or the baby and for a similar type of procedure we do for miscarriages. So if a woman has a miscarriage and they want to have the miscarriage removed, it's a, called a DNC. And, but after a couple of days of infection and bleeding, it's much more difficult. And in, in this young girl's case, it, it didn't go as well. And she ultimately eventually needed to have a hysterectomy before she was able to leave the hospital because we were unable to stop the infection and stop the bleeding. And so this 20-year-old girl who, who had this abortion by someone in town uh, now lost her uterus and will never have children. So this really is what, uh, what started everything rolling was Jeff. Jeff wasn't, he wasn't trying to get involved in, in I mean, he's just a, a doctor doing his job. Mm-hmm. And he happens to be on call and he keeps getting called in to take care of women who have these massive complications from botched abortions, botched abortions. Mm-hmm. And well, but, but let me just, let me just pause here for a second because something that he said, he said, I didn't think it was right. Right. And he could see the problem. And, and again, I cannot stress enough to people just to kind of recap that it is so important to get involved in things that matter. And if the Lord has laid it on your heart, do not hesitate. You know, you may be the catalyst to the change that's needed. Mm-hmm. And and likewise, in, in Jeff's case, he, he exactly was the catalyst to the change that was needed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all throughout the film, whenever you, whenever you hear from Jeff, there's this over this overarching theme with Jeff that I appreciate so much is that he is, he is motivated by what's right and, Mm -hmm. and what's wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. that there, and especially he is, he is the quintessential, what you want a doctor to be. Yes. He is there for the care Care of the patient and compassionate, right? Mm -hmm. Doing what is right for the patient. Mm -hmm. And he really takes it, very personally takes it to heart mm-hmm. that he wants to take care of the patient. And so, you know, his involvement, uh, he, he got really shoved into this because he, he, as an OB enough is enough, enough is enough. He looked mm-hmm. at it. He said, listen, the, you know, I, I don't like what, that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he's very pro-life. He's, mm-hmm. he's never, never done abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ended up having to continually clean up the mess and he didn't know who Klopfer was mm-hmm. when it first started happening. 
Well, he, he didn't even know that they were doing here in town. Right. He had no idea that these were being done in, in Fort Wayne. Yeah. And so then this was a pattern mm-hmm. that he started seeing over and over again. And just from a professional standpoint, it made him very angry. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is not right. We have standards that we're all held to. Because his patients and women's lives were being changed forever. Right. You know, regardless of the abortion, of course, that's going to change a woman's life forever. But for him to go and have to perform a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. this woman will never, if she ever wanted, she will never ha- biologically be able to have children. Right. That is an, a, a forever life changing yep. decision mm-hmm. that, and again, backing up, he, he, he has compassion on the patient. In the situation. In the situation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by the time he's dealing with it, those decisions have been made. Right. And he talked later in other in other parts of our interview with him that and it's in the book Mm -hmm. that he talks about um, how he he always encourages women who are considering abortion. He always tries to steer them away from it. Mm -hmm. But from a professional standpoint, he he recognizes, listen, it's legal. Mm-hmm. I can't stop them. Right. And so the, the, what, what can I do? Right. Is, is what he would say. Ensure their safety. How can I, okay, if you're going to do that, that's your decision. I've, I've counseled you against that, mm-hmm. but, um, we need to at least ensure your safety right. in this. And I, I love his story about also about why he became an OB. So mm-hmm. let's listen to that real quick. Okay. Why'd I get into medicine? I think I get that a lot. And I also get why did, why did you become an OBGYN? Because a lot of people think that's a weird profession for a guy to be in. And I, it makes sense. It is kind of a weird profession for a guy to be in. But I was actually going to be a lawyer. So I was in at University of Dayton, and I was pre-law. And I had several uncles who were lawyers in the family. So I grew up just always thinking I'd be a lawyer. I love debating. My mom always said that I love to argue and debate. And she maybe had said, you'd be a good lawyer. So... As I was going to the University of Dayton my first year, I was in the pre-law classes and I had to take a biology class as a prerequisite. And so it had a lab with it. And so in the lab class, we did different biology things. And one day they showed a video called The Miracle of Life. And so I'm in class watching this video called The Miracle of Life. And in that video, they show kind of conception through pregnancy all the way through to a live delivery or a taped delivery. You actually get to see the baby being delivered. And as soon as I saw the baby come out, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what I got to do, but I'm going to deliver babies the rest of my life. And so I just knew at that moment that that's, that's me. That was that fit. That's what I was supposed to do. Left the class, called my mom and said, hey, mom, I'm going to deliver babies the rest of my life. Um, she, what? What are you talking about? I go, I, I just saw this video and that's what I'm going to do. And so I went into med school knowing I wanted to deliver babies. And so it was kind of neat because a lot of people go in med school not knowing what they want to do. But for me, it was all about delivering the baby and just being part of that beautiful process. And then I found out when I was in there that I get to do OBGYNs, do surgeries. And I like to do surgeries and fix things. And, and then I found out about the Da Vinci system and the minimally invasive surgery and the technology. And that was really fascinating. And I love doing that. And I've always been in the friend zone for women. So I, I've always kind of got along with women. And I guess I'm somewhat of a mama's boy. I was raised by my mom mostly. And so that fit. And so it fit. And so that's how I got into this profession. And it's been fantastic um, ever since. 
<laughs> I love, okay, as, as a female, as a woman who has had OBGYNs and, and doctors, I cannot tell you how much I love Dr. Cly mm-hmm. and his story and how much I Tr- I, I would trust him with my care. Right. You know, I just he, he's such an awesome guy to talk to. And he's very down to earth and just he cares. And, and, and that just like oozes out of him. Yeah. He just loves people. I love that story. I, I, I wanted to put it into the film, but it, it, it didn't fit in. Yeah. And it was in the book and it's here in the podcast. It's such a great story. We actually we actually went to the library to find that documentary, The Miracle of Life. It's yeah. a pretty old film. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it, and isn't it funny how how the Lord had been working in Jeff's life years ago? Yeah. Because this was totally changed direction. Right. Because he wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. And that's what his path was. And then he just happened to be sitting in a required biology <laughs> yeah. class for for pre-law. Uh-huh. And the Lord grabbed a hold of his heart mm-hmm. and said, now I want you to do this. And he was, just, you can just tell he just, he loves, he loves that process. Yeah. And yeah. he he loves what he does and he does it. He loves it, the Lord. Loves the Lord. I, I mean. Does yeah. it for all the right reasons, yeah. I think. So, um, and so what ended up happening with Jeff was seeing these problems. He got very frustrated and just, um, you know, he started asking around and that led him to putting in a, a cold call basically to Kathy Humberger, yeah, who was executive director of Right to Life of Northeast Indiana, then was called Allen County Right to Life. Right. And we'll we'll get into more of that on on next week's show about that conversation. And then what it led to was Jeff kind of being in the center of what turned into a multi-year legislative battle. Yeah, that uh, you and and it wasn't as simple as just passing legislation and then it took care of it. Mm -hmm. It got even more complicated because once the legislation was passed, then Jeff got dragged even deeper. Mm into it and became a very controversial figure. Well, and what I think was interesting um, after we had um, shown the film the first time to, to the supporters and there were people in there and there were a couple of other doctors who people could see in the film. And we had a couple of their nurses come up and said, Oh, I saw doctor. I can't remember the other doctor's name, but, but I think it's, it's really important for people to see. Usually when you see your doctors, it's only at the doctor's office. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have no idea how much work and how much they're advocating for you mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And that is totally Jeff. I mean, yeah. he he is he is all over the state trying to make sure that women are protected and taken care of. And I and I think it's it's just great. Yeah, because what you see so you've you've really you've, I think you've got a good idea of who Jeff is and and his heart and his motivations. Mm-hmm. And he was rightly mad yeah. that that someone he didn't know who Klopfer was yeah. when this all started. That someone was was really getting away with terrible malpractice. Yes, and that someone was George Klopfer. Yeah, and then he found out that there really was nothing that they could do. He, right. he that that the abortionists are not held to anywhere near the same standards as every other physician is. Yeah. Ridiculous. It is absolutely. It is absolutely ridiculous, and that is what 
really frustrated him right from the start. And, and when we, next week, when we get into more of this and you're going to hear from Planned Parenthood oh my word, yes. and their defense every time it's too hard. Yeah. If you do this, it's going to be too hard and you're going to restrict things for Health women care. who desperately need, you know, this care. And so they're, they're, position every time and they will fight it to tooth and nail to the very end mm-hmm. is we do not want to be held to any standards well they haven't for so many years is the problem right you know so nobody likes change but yet there are people being seriously hurt and injured mm-hmm. because there aren't any restrictions or legislation yeah. or you know anyone being held accountable yeah. for when these things happen so and you know you can you can let's just take for a moment just remove remove all of the 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 feelings and the you know the the whole part of the argument of what abortion is okay right that you let, have, let, let's deal with the facts let's deal with the facts okay let's put all the feelings aside okay let's let's pretend like we're pro-choice just for a moment right and that okay you're removing this unwanted mass okay mm-hmm. but Clump why are but why are why are we protecting malpractice right because don't you want that this is a major operation this is a surgery this mm-hmm. is an invasive procedure yeah and Every time there's there's somebody like Klopfer, and he is not an isolated case. No. That is injuring, seriously injuring women. People, women are dying mm-hmm. as a result of these complications, and it is constantly covered up. They're constantly given the all of these excuses, and it's all of these organizations. I mean, it's, it's Planned Parenthood and the Center for Reproductive Rights and the ACLU. Mm-hmm. Do not be fooled. These... Yeah. These people, these organizations, they don't want accountability. They don't want safe health care. They want to be held to no standards. Give well, us your a, money. I say, look, follow the money. Yeah, follow the money. That's that's easy it's, to figure out. Yeah, and that's and that is exactly what Jeff saw, and it, it rightly frustrated him. Right. And he didn't go looking to become a pro-life warrior. Yeah. He was a doctor trying to do his job. And what he saw was, wait, why is this guy allowed to get away with this nonstop? Mm-hmm. So next week we'll get into where that battle really led him. Right. Well, I think today I'm going to close with a verse because I, I just I just had to be reminded. Uh, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Romans 1.18. So friends... Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week as we discuss Chapter 9, The Backup Controversy, how our well-loved doctor, Dr. Clyde, became such a controversial figure. And be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. This podcast and ministry is 100% donor-funded. And if you'd like to partner with us and share the mission, visit fearlessfeatures.org. Also, visit inwooddrivemovie.com to learn more about our documentary film and companion book we've been discussing. As always, have a blessed day and live with passion.